Let's pray. Father God, hallowed be your name. Thank you for bringing us all here together today. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to worship you, to speak with you, and to hear from out of your word. I pray that I'll be loyal to your word as I preach, and I pray that I'll be loyal to you in everything that I say. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Colossians three twenty three and 24. I, um, I'm preaching a sermon on this verse specifically today, and this is a verse that has some meaning for me. When I was a kid, uh, my parents had us memorize a couple of Bible verses. There aren't a ton of them that I remember to this day. A lot of them have sort of left my memory with time. But this is one that has always stuck with me, even to this day. I'm rather busy at work right now. I'm busy with a couple different projects, and uh, there's a lot of different things that I'm working on currently. And so this verse and this sermon, in a lot of ways, is a sermon that I've written for myself more so than anybody else. It's a sermon for myself that you also get to experience. It's a sermon for myself that I hope everybody else will benefit from as well. But I am the primary target audience. And so what I'm going to do over the course of the sermon is I'm going to read through the verse a couple different times and pick out key phrases bit by bit and sort of fleshing everything out, as Paul has to say it. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, do you work heartily, as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Start off, Paul says, whatever you do... Paul would have had a very wide audience in the people that he spoke with. He spoke with basically every aspect of the Roman society, Romans, Greeks, Jews, all manner of people. And he would have spoken with people with all manner of jobs as well. He would have spoken with the educated and the uneducated. He would have spoken with white-collar workers as well as blue-collar workers. He would have spoken to the rich as well as to the poor. There are few jobs that Paul would not have encountered. Everybody would have had a different career, but Paul says, whatever you do, do your work heartily. I'm reminded of a speech that Martin Luther King Jr. gave on one occasion. I have an excerpt from it here. He writes, And when you discover what you will be in your life, set out to do it as if God Almighty called you at this particular moment in history to do it. Don't just set out to do a good job. Set out to do such a good job that the living, the dead, or the unborn couldn't do it any better. If it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, sweep streets like Beethoven composed music, sweep streets like Leontine Price sings before the Metropolitan Opera, sweep streets like Shakespeare wrote poetry, sweep streets so well that the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. 
If you can't be a pine at the top of the hill, be a shrub in the valley. But be the best little shrub on the side of the hill. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be a sun, be a star. But it isn't by the size that you win or fail. Be the best of whatever you are. So we're to do the best that we can in whatever we do. Whatever our particular occupation is, we're to do the best that we can. But I think there's another aspect of whatever you do. I think each of us do different things on different days. Sometimes we have our occupation and sometimes we have other projects that we're working on. Whatever you do, do your work heartily. I had a buddy of mine who, um, he was very gung-ho about like, I'm a hard worker. I'm real big into hard work. I put the effort in. I'm always doing 110% in whatever I do. And he was a hard worker. He was a very hard worker in the things that he was interested in. He happened to be interested in building things, and he was somewhat interested in athletics as well. And when he was building things and when he was doing athletics, he was a very hard worker. But if it wasn't something that caught his interest or if it wasn't something that he was naturally talented in, he put very little effort into it. He was a very poor student. He didn't study. He procrastinated with assignments. He just didn't care. He was a very hard worker in the things that he was already talented in. He was a very hard worker in the things that he wanted to do. But part of being a hard worker means working hard in the things that you are not naturally talented in. It means working hard in things that you might not happen to find interesting. It requires discipline to work hard in these things. But Paul says, in whatever you do, do your work heartily. Continuing on, whatever you do, do your work heartily. I was curious what exactly was meant by heartily. What does Paul mean when he says heartily? I looked up the Greek phrase, and the exact Greek phrase is en suke. That's what heartily means, en suke. And a literal translation would be something more like from your soul or from your heart. En means in or from, and suke means soul, generally speaking. What does that mean? It means attacking it with a level of passion, with a level of some oomph, you know? You're not just apathetic about it. You're not casual about it. You have passion with the work that you're doing. You're passionate about it. You're diligent about it. You continue in what you're doing. It's not something that you couldn't care one way or the other about. It's something that you put yourself into. It's something that you put yourself into because it's important to you. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We're prepared for the good works that God has prepared for us to do. Let's work with our souls. Let's work with our hearts and the things that we have in front of us in the day-to-day, the things that God has put in our path. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord. What does it mean to work as for the Lord? I think for understanding this, it would be helpful to look at some different verses that speak to work. Working for the Lord. What does the Bible say when it talks about working and why you should be working? Here are a couple different passages. 
1 Timothy 5, 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 2 Thessalonians 3, 10-12. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now those who are, now those who are such, we command and exhort through the Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. You see the idea in these verses that the aim behind working is providing for people. It's providing for those who are in need, and it's providing for those under your immediate care. Another aspect of working is working so that you can avoid being lazy, so that you can avoid being a thief, so that you can avoid, you know, all the negative effects that come with just sitting around doing nothing. I think we've all had sometimes brief, sometimes longer periods of time when we just didn't have anything going on. Maybe we were more slothful than we needed to be. I remember when I was in high school, I hated this, I would get so excited for summer vacation, and then it would arrive, and it'd be three days into it, and I would be sick. I would be miserable, because I would have done nothing for three days, and I had to find something to do, because I was just bored out of my mind. And so then I'd hopefully do something productive, sometimes less so, but I was doing something or other. We work to provide for our families. We work to provide for those who are in need. I think another aspect of working as for the Lord involves working with the Lord's aim in mind. When you're working, you think, all right, is this creating the world that God would see created? Am I producing things that God likes to see? You know, or am I sort of making the world a better place through my work? I think that is a big aspect of working as for the Lord. Do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. We work for the Lord rather than for men. I think one example that we have of this, one of the best examples in my opinion, is that of Daniel. Daniel was a hard-working, intelligent, disciplined man. He was working so hard and he was so good at what he did that he rose in the ranks of the Babylonian government. He continued to rise even though he started out as a lowly position. And through his rising, he ended up causing other Babylonians to become envious. And so you know the story. These enemies of Daniel went to the king and they said, we need to create a decree so that you're not allowed to pray to any god except for, you know, Nebuchadnezzar. You're not allowed to pray to your own god. And when this command went around, Daniel simply did not obey it. He said, I'm not going to do that. I will pray to my god. He was immovable in this regard. What are we to make of this? He had nothing in himself to benefit from this. What was the work for then? Was he working so that he could impress King Nebuchadnezzar? Was he working so that he could benefit himself through his work? He can't have been. He wouldn't have made that move then. He wouldn't have refused to pray. Nebuchadnezzar can't have been very impressed by it. Maybe he found it bold, but it certainly created some stress and some problems for Nebuchadnezzar because now I have to cast one of my best employees into the lion's den. Daniel was working for God. 
He worked hard. He worked intelligently. He worked with discipline because it was the right thing to do and because he wanted to impress his own God more so than his king. And we all know the rest of the story. Because of Daniel's boldness and because of Daniel's unwillingness to compromise in this regard, he was cast to the lions. But the Lord rescued him from the lions. And it was the enemies of Daniel and the enemies of the Lord that were cast into the lions and that were eaten. We don't work for mere men. Like Daniel, part of being a Christian means refusing to be afraid of men. That is part of what being a Christian is. It's having your, it's having your fear prioritized, so to speak. I fear God. I do not fear men. We think about the words of Jesus. Matthew ten twenty eight, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. I think it's easy in your own workspace to be somewhat intimidated by your coworkers or by your employer, by the environment that you're surrounded by. But it's not your job to be afraid of these people. It's not your job to be afraid of mere men. It's your job to be afraid of the Lord. Because it's the Lord who judges righteously. It's the Lord who is always on the winning team. It's not your job to be afraid of men. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance. You will receive the reward of the inheritance. This is true both in this life and in the next life. In terms of uh, this life, we think of Matthew 6, 31 to 34. Therefore, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." Do any of you worry frequently? Do you worry frequently about tomorrow? Might I ask, how is that going for you? Is it making things better? Is it improving things? I'm not talking about strategizing. I'm not talking about, you know, wisely thinking about setting things up for yourself. I think we're talking about worry here. We're talking about stressing, and ultimately we're talking about the fear that God isn't going to come through for you. A lack of faith. A lack of recognition for where it is that your daily bread comes from. We pray for our daily bread because our daily bread comes from the Lord. We work. It's our job to do our work, and it's our job to do the very best that we can. But the fruit of our work is up to God, ultimately. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. I used to be told sometimes when I would leave the house, you know, remember, you know, remember who you are, remember what your last name is, because the things that you do will, I forget how it's phrased exactly, but the things that you do will have an impact on your last name, and you embody more than just yourself. You embody your family as well. You are a Christian. Christ is in the name. When you go out and when you go to work, do you live like a Christian? Do you work like a Christian? 
Do you work in such a way to give honor to the name that you've received, which is Christ's name? You dress for the job that you have. If you're a blue-collar worker, then you put on boots and you put on jeans and maybe you put on a hard hat. If you're a white-collar worker, you put on your tie, maybe you put on your suit. You are a Christian, and your job is to be a Christian, and your job is to dress like a Christian. How do Christians dress? Ephesians 6. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. My encouragement to you all, and my encouragement to myself, is do not give up. Keep working, keep fighting, and keep marching. Remember that you're not working for mere men, and you're not working for mere mortal purposes. There is immortality in the things that you do, and there is immortality in the person you work for. We work more than mere jobs. We work for God, and we work to establish the kingdom of God here on earth and to gain it in the next life. And when you reach the end of your life, when your race is run, when you have finished your job for the final time, these words will ring in your ear. 2 Timothy 4, 7-8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. My final charge to you is this. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve.